0: why are you here right why what are you what are you doing this for right are you doing this to build a legacy are you doing this because you're passionate about it are you doing this because you do love hard work um if so cool keep turning up because this is this is a space that you can actually pour into all those buckets but if if you came here um for all the other stuff all the glitz and glam um you will be squashed (laughs) you will be squashed and that diamond that you thought you were gonna be won't happen
1: Welcome to the Sam Gash Podcast. These are conversations with trailblazers, rule breakers, and those who pave their own lane and venture boldly into the unknown. By entering this uncharted arena, they inevitably stumble, yet they all display an ability to innovate and contribute, even when the odds are not in their favour. We skip over their highlights reel and go into the guts of who they are and what they believe in. I'm your host, Samantha Gash. And I'm an endurance athlete, a former corporate lawyer, and social impact entrepreneur. It is my absolute privilege to create the space for these guests. If you found these conversations to be of value or have any feedback, please subscribe, rate, and review. And I hope you enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Sam Gash Podcast. This week, I have Ben Kenyon, who is the performance coach for a professional basketball team, Portland Trailblazers. He's currently with them on the road for his seventh season. He's there to help the team train, prepare and inspire them to compete and achieve success at the highest levels of professional basketball. It includes working with their all-star caliber players and starters to reserves and rookies. He's in charge of providing all of the athletes with proper nutritional advice, physical strength improvements, moral support, and innovative recovery techniques to better themselves in all areas of human performance, which includes the 1%ers and the fundamentals. Ben came to the Trailblazers from George Washington University, where he served as the Assistant Athletics Director for Strength and Conditioning, a position that oversaw the strength and conditioning and nutrition for all 23 varsity sports. He is the founder of the Great Day Squad, and all I can say is Ben is the ultimate hype man. He's the king of community, connection, and human performance, and he will remind you that what truly counts is the work that you do when no one is watching. We chat a lot in this conversation, cover lots of ground, including the pressure he has recently faced and some incredibly tangible advice to make your way out of darkness and advice for others who are observing those in darkness. We talk about the power of listening without responding and without needing to have an answer. We discuss creating community by living in your core values, and he goes the next step to explain how you can recognise what your core values are, the idea of identifying what sticks with you in the tough times. We discuss the fine balance between science and art and how he needs to use both of those perspectives to connect with his team and players. We discuss the intense travel schedule of the Portland Trailblazers, how that affects performance and how we mitigate that stress. We look at tools to perform better. There's so much. I couldn't even describe it all. You guys are going to love this conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Oh man, it's absolutely my pleasure. Um, It's actually funny that we haven't met (laughs) I know,
0: we've (laughs) talked a lot. You were supposed to come out here and then all this stuff happened.
1: You know, the last time we really spoke, we were both like on the precipice of beginning a journey across the United States. And as it's turned out, I'm definitely not doing it because of, you know, border reasons. And you last told me that you're not also doing it. Is that still kind of how it stands?
0: Yeah, it stands. uh, we're, We're there for now. I postponed it right? Because I'm, I'm here. Um, but but COVID, so I had a couple of um, advisors, mentors kind of talk to me about just, just my journey and just said, hey, like, will that really be a smart idea um, trying to build community across um, the country when like community is actually the thing that's not being recommended right now, right? Like gatherings and, and people being together is not recommended at all. So figuring out other ways to do it has kind of been my plan.
1: I do want to kind of get you to explain a bit of a recap of, you know, who you are, where you've come from, and like the work that obviously you've done with, you know, in Portland yeah. um, since you've been there with the Trailblazers. But mm-hmm. can you give me from your perspective, like what's the lay of the land in the US right now with, I guess there's been a lot of stuff that have been happening over the last couple of months, and I think it's definitely changed um, how people are feeling uh, and where people's attentions uh, is being placed. So, yeah, can you give me your perspective.
0: Yeah, um, so so quick background check on me. I'm the performance coach for the Portland Trailblazers. That is my day job. Um, I've been working with the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA for the past seven, eight years. Um, I've been in performance for about 14, 15 years. Um, this is something that uh, is, is my purpose, is my talent. Um, is the thing that I, I know that I'm here to actually do on Earth, and and just I love uh, helping people perform better and, and be their best in life, and and that's just that's just who I am. Like I just I, I can try to avoid it, I can try to run from it, but I always go back to figuring out ways to help other people win. Um, and as for what's going on in uh, the world right now, especially over here, uh, like a couple of issues that I see are um, people are. We were already isolated. Um, we already felt kind of lonely. Right. Like I know social media is a big thing, but, you know, people weren't truly making authentic connections. They weren't um, going out of their way to 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 build real relationships. Um, and then uh, the mental well-being, the mental health um, of, of people and individuals. Uh, the number I saw for Portland, Oregon um, was right when Corona hit um, and, and everything shut down and people started to lose their jobs. I think it went up. Let's just say the suicide rate went up um, uh, what is it? it doubled, right? and again, Oregon is actually up there uh, when it comes to suicide in general um it it's up there. Uh, I think it's like top three top four um in the United States just because of I guess the setup it's cloudy out here it, it's very it could be very dreary um and and a lot of people here um struggle with that and so that doubled or tripled or whatever it was um, and then uh, having to be in this, this, uh, let's just call it a dark space in this, in this cloudy, dark storm, uh, for, for multiple months, right? Like these are huge problems that, um, we can't, um, we can't sit with alone, right? Like we have to figure out ways to, to, to kind of get outside of our, our comfort zone because, you know, uh, some of the problems actually came from I mean, some people were so used to moving and going, right. Um, uh, me being a, a guy that works in the NBA, you know, we, we play, uh, what is it, five games in, in nine days in five different cities, right? So, so even if I did have a problem um, that I, I should sit with um, and try to figure out, right, I wouldn't have a time or, or space to truthfully, like, grieve with it or just be with it, right, just so I can, because I have to keep going. Uh, when corona hit and the quarantine hit, we actually had to sit with our problems. So imagine having to actually sit with a problem that you've never had to deal with in your life, like ever, because we've never had this type of life break. Um, you know, maybe maybe you hit the lotto and you took a big break, cool. But like, other than the people that are hitting the lotto, um, you know, we've never had this this huge break with a lot of controversy happening around us, right? Like we all look at the media, we all look at social media, we all look at what's happening with our friends. And so that affects us um, negatively sometimes. And, and so the, the issue that we have here now is just, how do we dig ourselves out of that hole? And again, I, I go back to um, figuring out how to continue to in- inject the world with inspiration, um, with optimism, um, with positivity, um, and in tools, right? Like, let's just not um, stay on the surface with those words that just drop. Like, let's figure out how to give people tools to perform better, and and that's where I feel like people like us come in because we we it's our duty to serve, right? And again, serve from where you can serve from, right? Don't. Don't try to extend yourself or, or, or put yourself in harm's way. Right. Trying to do everything yourself and, and shoulder, you know, all of the world's problems. It's just collaborating, connecting, you know, having conversations like this um, to share and, and put out there so people can really understand that there is a way out of that darkness. There's a way out of that storm. Um, and guess what? You can run your way out. Um, you can connect with other people via FaceTime. Um, you can, you can make sure that you're in a group of people that are inspired and pumped up, but also actually giving you like how to's. Um, there's so many different things that you can do. I just think over here in the States, people aren't used to like really slowing down and have to deal with things, right? Like we, we literally, um, have a totally different energy over here. We're just go, go, go. And, um, you know, I've gone to other countries where the pace is just totally different. Um, the pace is so different. I remember when I went to Italy The pace was so different it it felt like they didn't care about life but like to the contrary they really cared about life and that's why they were going at the pace they were going so they can actually enjoy it so um i I think this is going to be a moment for us to remember um you know especially we had coronavirus we've had everything happen with the social justice and the racism going on in the world and and i just it's there's never been a time where we actually had to actually sit with it um read about it see it in video um, and embrace those moments and uh, I told a friend the other day that you know uh, he was struggling with some things um, he's a he's a leader in the community um, black dude that that honestly um, has been doing a great job uh, you know navigating it, uh, being a leader you know during this time and because it's not easy for all um, leaders especially African Americans out here trying to support um, the folks that need help and need um, guidance um, through uh, a lot of the social justice issues that we're having um, but I told him I said hey dude What's going to happen right now is uh, we're going to find out who the true diamonds are and then who the unauthentic people are, right? The mush. So we're going to see the diamonds of the world and we're going to see the mush of the world Um, because the pressure that's coming down on everybody right now is either going to allow those two things to happen. And I'm hoping that we have a lot more diamonds that come out of this situation because I know for a fact that when, when crazy moments, when storms happen, that's when the best leaders are made. So it's it, it, it again this is a this is an awesome opportunity. It's an unfortunate opportunity, but it's an awesome opportunity for the right leaders to show up and show out.
1: Yeah, what kind of pressure are you experiencing right now?
0: That's a hell of a question. That's a that's a great question. <laughs> so, it I I I've gone through my my ups and downs. Um again, I the, the what's the recent the most recent thing with um at the Black Lives Matter movement and, and, and all the stuff that's going on in the world um, when it comes to, uh, again, racism, social justice. Uh, for me, it hit home. Like, it was like uh, I went on an emotional roller coaster ride for about two to three weeks uh, right after George Floyd um, passed away. And, and for me, at that point, I was like, wow, like the world is actually paying attention now and they really understand where we're coming from. And, and again, th- there's so many different instances, right? You got the cop or the police brutality, you've got um, the microaggressions, you got all these different things, right? And, and where I was coming from was just like, wow, like things are officially being recognized. And I, um, I'm happy to see that they're being recognized during my lifetime and they're gonna, and, and people are now starting to make the move in the right direction. Um, and, and I've had moments where I just felt overwhelmed. Um, I've told people like, Hey, I actually had to pull over a couple of times, um, going into work just because I would just burst out in tears out of nowhere. And, um, I can say that was probably the healthiest thing I can do, uh, because it wasn't me bottling it up. It wasn't me just suppressing it and saying it's all right. It'll, It'll just go away. It was me just living in the moment, right? Um, being present and, and making sure that I recognize that. And then taking the steps from there to, to, to make sure I showed up as a, as a leader um, for the folks I need to work with every day. It was it, it hasn't been as easy as um, it seems or as easy as it looks. Um, but again, I've, I've gone out of my way to really practice um, all the cool tools that I, I share with other folks. Um, I, I got a therapist that I've been with for the past two years and, you know, we've talked it out. And, and she's just kind of pointed to all the different tools that I have and the resources that I have. Um, to, to tap into um, as I go, so um, I'm doing better. Um, but I, I actually was on an emo- emotional roller coaster ride that honestly just recently calmed down, um, just because it was like, all right, let's get to work now. Let's make sure that um, we're putting um, you know ourselves, me, and other awesome leaders in a, sp- in a position to show up for their communities as well. So again, I'm, I'll admit it right away. Like it, it, it's not easy every day. Um, taking on, you know, a thousand questions of like, how do we, you know, how do we do this better? And how do, like, sometimes it's just like, you know what, you don't need to do much, um, but be um, and allow things to happen. Um, and another big thing is, is if genuinely you are out here actually trying to help other people um, perform better and, and, and just be better in life, I know for a fact you'll, you'll do the right thing. So again, me, um, where I'm standing right now today, I'm in a way better place than uh, where I was about a month ago.
1: It's I'm happy to hear that um, and I'm also, I'm navigating, you know, how we communicate this um, or communicate this conversation with caution because, you know, you're my friend and I don't want to take you back to where you were a couple of weeks ago when you're moving beyond it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I if you're comfortable of explaining that space that you're in, yeah. I think it's helpful for people to understand because from conversations with you, I know a lot of people were reaching out going, what can I do? What do you need? What have you been experiencing? Like the problem is going to be solved immediately with, you know, momentous steps, actioned like now when the Mm -hmm. reality is it's like an everyday thing. Yeah. So can you try and explain some of the... the some of the demands that were almost being placed on you to solve problems for people
0: yeah, no and i'm I'm open again to I, I appreciate uh, you, you lining that up um, the way you lined it up but i'm I'm always down to to share just because again I feel like as a leader this is the this is the time to step up and and, and make sure you serve and, and show other leaders how to do it and again we we've already set the table of saying hey I've gone through it and and I've worked my way all the way to this point. so um honestly it, Like, I've had a few friends um, reach out and and ask, um, a few white friends reach out and ask, right? So let's get super specific. And they they said, hey, what can we do? And I said, step one is like, stop right there, right? Like, it's not about what you can do, right? Maybe you can do something. Maybe go have a conversation with your friends, right? We don't need to pull um, all the different um, groups in, you don't need to pull black, Hispanic, all these different folks in that you don't normally talk to about these things, right? Like, go talk to your family, go sit down with your kids, go, 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 have a conversation in your space, right? And then, if you are that type of person, like yourself, um, who has a platform that can 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 bring people on to now have these conversations to to to, to really um, broadcast to the world, do that, right? But at the same time, let's not think that. Um, you have all the answers or you have the ability to change every last thing, right? So I think um, step one is just understanding, all right, um, maybe, I, maybe I ask, but at the same time, be cool with just saying, hey, like, you know what? Maybe I do need to just take a step back, right? And, and just connect with my family, connect with my community that I have right here. And honestly, that's been the most helpful thing um, because the conversations that you can have amongst your community, um, if we can talk specifically about white folks and just say, "Hey," there's people in your community that don't really get it. And I ran into that too. People were like, man, I didn't realize this, 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 and this were um, seen as um, discriminative or, or prejudice or racist. Right. And, and it's for you now to really understand why that is. You didn't see that. Right. But you have to have that dialogue amongst yourselves. And then I think you branch out from there. Right. And then that's kind of like the second layer, because I think as a race all races we need to now build resiliency so we don't have moments where we get hot buttons pressed during um, productive and healthy conversations like we're having now right so imagine sitting in a room um, with a with a, a whole bunch of different you know folks um, from uh, different races and it's like day two of the whole situation that's not smart right <laughs> like let's let's actually allow things to calm down a little bit and then we can approach it and be a little more tactful about, um, our growth, um, in this area. And so, uh, I think that's a huge thing. And then another big thing is just be there, right? Like, again, you, you've done an amazing job during this podcast, which is giving me space. Um, you ask a question, you give space, right? Give space. And, and sometimes it's not even ask a question, it's just be there and allow somebody to get something out. And, and there may, um, you may not need to actually respond to that, right? <laughs> just be like, Hey, I, I'm hearing you. I don't know what to say. And then the last piece is actually that I've got nothing. I want to let you know, I, I see what's going on in the world. I totally understand what's happening. Um, but I, I don't even know how to approach this. And honestly, that's probably one of the best angles ever to 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 kind of approach it with because some people don't have a clue what to do. And I know for a fact that they don't go down that road of um, d- discriminating towards people, or they're not prejudiced and they're not racist. They truthfully just don't understand what to say. And so don't say anything at all. Like, let's not overthink it. Let's still be human beings. Um, I know it's a race thing right now, but like, let's make sure we look over at the other person and say, all right, there's a human being here that's hurting emotionally, that's hurting um, mentally, and going through all these different things. How would I care about that person? Oh, crap. I wouldn't actually do much. Maybe just go over there and give him a big hug. Right. And that, that's where I start, you know, and, and, and that's maybe where I stop. So um, just approach it as a human being and, and understand that, you know, people are going through things. And um, unfortunately, we, we have so many different types of moments, right? Like as of right now, the spotlight is on this situation, the spotlight's going to be on something else. So it's just saying, like, all right, take the things that you've practiced during other situations, other movements in the world, and see if you can utilize that now in this space and grow a little bit, right? put yourself in a position to now be that that more dynamic leader.
1: I feel like that's a really great way of kind of capturing that up because it's a like any movement or any injustice that's occurring, the first thing is awareness that it's even happening. And when it's not happening to you, it takes something or for someone in your life or for something on this big, you know, grand scale, you know, media attention to go, oh my goodness, I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And as you said, like, We don't always have a solution for it and people aren't necessarily asking you, every single person, to create a solution, but it's space. Mm -hmm. It's space to not kind of just default into our immediate responses of what we might do without kind of going back to the awareness of the situation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, before you said that, you know, I created space for you to speak, can I tell you that's a conscious thing? It's not Mm -hmm. what my natural default setting is and that's Mm -hmm. a part of my learning process right now. And it began not just through what's been happening with, you know, Black Lives, it's been since starting this podcast, something out of my comfort zone, I realized I'm very used to highly dynamic conversations where I possibly interject a bit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not what I want this podcast to be. I actually don't want this interjecting conversation. I want to create space for people to share their stories. So I need to go against my default setting and hold back. Mm. And the more I've done it, the more I have learned, and the more I've actually appreciated just hearing and the practice of listening is incredibly hard.
0: It's hard. It's, it's not hard. Easy. Yeah. It takes it's not easy. time.
1: Yeah, yeah and, I, and it's, you know, it, I had to go into a different world. Like, you know, it wasn't through running. It was through doing podcasting that I learned maybe I don't listen as much as I should be listening. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I, I guess I encourage everyone to just sometimes take a step back not think that there needs to be an answer or a response and to just hear.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you and, and I applaud you too, by the way, that's big time. Cause I get it. I've, I've hosted a podcast and, you know, again, you're, you're a speaker, you, you go out there and you inspire people. Um, I think that's a part of just human nature too, wanting to have a conversation. Um, but I think the most powerful um, podcast, the most powerful videos, are the ones that, um, you know, there's space, right? There's a person that's actually speaking. And then there's, um, you know, a little bit of a pause. And then there's more dialogue or another person speaking versus everybody talking to each other or talking on top of each other. And I was going to say this about listening. Like the one key piece of listening is, can you actually speak to what that person's saying, right? Like not think of an answer, not think of like how I'm going to come back and, 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 you know, add to this can you actually hear what they're saying and speak to whatever it is that they're saying in that moment, right? Maybe there's one key thing that they're saying. Um, That's to me um, a powerful form of listening, right? Like you're picking up something that they're saying and now you're actually speaking specifically to that. And now you let them know that, holy crap, like I'm really being heard, right? So so, um, I feel like that's a really cool listening tool and um, something that you can add to your repertoire, but I think you do it already.
1: Thank you, Ben Kenyon. This is the masterclass, everyone, in how to listen and respond because it's so true. And, like, people listen to these conversations on podcasts and, you know, you know what you like and you listen to a a podcaster and their guests because you get their style and, like, that's why there's a whole bunch of different styles out there and you go to who resonates with you. But, you know, talking about connecting with what you say you know, you're saying right now through in this process, you actually have the skills to cope and manage and lead in this space through what you've done in your past. And let's look at that because when I think of Ben, I do think of someone who's incredibly adaptable and knows how to pivot, mm. and definitely works in high performance space to bring that out of other people. And you've obviously done it with the trailblazers. You've done it now. You've done it with the community that you've created. Where did that come from in your life? Like, wh- was this something that was always widened to you to go, okay? How do I connect with other people? How do I pivot this situation to make it the best that it can be?
0: Yeah, man, it it uh, that's a great pickup um, because that's something I've I have definitely mastered, um, and I think it it's come from uh, being a strength coach, being a performance coach. Uh, the journey is a wild and lonely journey. Um, it's a journey that I don't think a lot of people understand. Uh, you know, I started off as a uh, what is it? After graduating college from Adelphi University, um, I went to George Washington University to be a grad assistant. And uh, I remember when I got down there to Washington D.C., I didn't know anybody at that school um, at George Washington University. I didn't know anybody in D.C. Actually, I knew one person in D.C., and he actually let me stay on his couch the first few months uh, living there in D.C. And so. That was my first experience going from college, um, having teammates, uh, having people I knew around me, um, and then going to, um, what is it, George Washington University uh, as a grad assistant. Actually, let me backtrack. I went to boarding school for high school. Uh, so, so at the age of 13, um, I, was, I, was, um, I left home. My mom sent me to this amazing school called Blair Academy. Um, and I was, uh, what is it, one of, I think it was like 1%. African-American, Black people at this school, um, you know, in, in majority white and um, a, a great school, amazing school. But um, I can say that that was probably the first time ever that I stepped into a situation where, you know, I was a little uncomfortable. I had a couple friends that actually I knew from uh, my neighborhood that went to that school as well. Uh, but it, it started as a, at a young age, was just learning how to connect with people Right. And then fast forward back to uh, when I left grad school to work at University of Florida as an intern, drove down there and didn't know anybody. Um, but I had to build community. Um, and I was very fortunate and blessed to work with Billy Donovan, um, the men's basketball team, right after they came off the two national championships. Um, but, you know, I, I ended up, uh, what is it, connecting with some personal trainers. And uh, that moment I was actually broke, living on the floor. Um what is it uh, other wild things happen my father passed away my grandfather passed away i didn't have any gas to or any money to put in my gas tank um and and again had to be resourceful right but but it's it's funny i feel like sometimes we we think we have to come up with everything on our own those people that i just connected with right when i first got there they saw how passionate i was about what i was doing right as an intern at florida sleeping on the floor um, having a, a goal, um, not necessarily a dream, but a goal to be the best performance coach I can possibly be and and potentially work in the NBA one day or work at the highest level one day. They went out of their way as friends and family and just brought me in and said, hey, do you need some cash? Do you need this? And I mean, I, I promise you, you know, I never went into a situation begging for anything. They just offered it because they knew I was focused and I was on a mission. So I think that's kind of the, the underlying thing is just, if you're in on a mission, um, you'll go out of your way to make sure that, you know, you have the resources that you need um, to, to get life done. And, and again, it's not easy um, connecting with a, a brand new group of people. Um, so I always tell people to just lean back into your core values, right? Lean back into the things that allow you to be you. Right. And so my five core values that I, I wear on my sleeve now are faith, gratitude, um, grit, hard work, um, passion and uh, family. Right, so I, I go out of my way to say, "Hey, like I want you to see that grittiness, that hard work." Right, I want you to see my passion. I want you to see how grat- uh, how grateful I am. I want you to see um, how much faith I have in myself and in God. I want you to see how much I love my family. And when people see that, um, they gravit, the right people gravitate towards it. Right, when people see that, um, the, the wrong people go the other direction. What you want, right? You want to make sure that you're scaring people off because you're so turned up on your core values, right? And so I know for a fact that that's something that will allow you to connect better with people and allow you to be more resilient, you know, especially if you are going out of your way to like lean into it. So my core values are, I think, pretty much the one thing that has allowed me to go from D.C. to Florida, back to D.C. um, to be the assistant athletic director uh, for strength and conditioning at George Washington University. And then out here to portland oregon to work with the portland trailblazers um and especially like a totally different city than i've ever lived in right like again i'm a city guy that is used to new york city or uh, washington dc or um, living in gainesville there was a whole bunch of people um, and then back to dc and like out here to portland oregon which is the pacific northwest a lot of hiking um, a lot of outdoorsy things that you know I've, I've actually fallen in love with but it was just different and and I think the the community that I've built here is because I've leaned into my values, right? And so those folks came out of nowhere um, because they saw a light coming from me and said, Hey, I enjoy that light. That's something I connect with. And let me figure out how to now grow with that light. And how do I how do I grow my light from that?
1: You've had a pretty cool journey.
0: <laughs> I've been I mean, all not, over.
1: <laughs> not yeah. And I mean, and you're all over now. And we will talk about like the toll of travel because considering that you're with the the Trailblazers in Portland, you guys clock more miles in the air than any other team in the NBA. Yeah. Um, All of pro
0: sports. All of pro sports. I'm actually going to throw that out there. All of pro sports. Yeah, it's crazy. And
1: and it must, yeah, and I want to know what the state of play is with NBA right now through COVID and and maybe how that has shifted the idea of travel. But I do want to have a look at core values for a second because was it were you always very sure that's what your core values were, or was it a process that you had to take to identify them? You know, I think people sometimes don't know how to attract the right type of people because they aren't quite clear on, on what's important to them.
0: Yeah, um, I, it's it's literally asking that question, right? Like start there and just say what's most important to you. Um, it, I was, I was, I didn't understand what they were until a little later on in life, maybe, uh, after grad school, um, maybe the back at GW, um, you know, clearly, uh, to like write them down just because I needed to kind of go through a little more of my journey, um, and look back on the, 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 the tough days. Right. And so I kept looking back on my tough days and I said, what did I lean on? Um, when things were tough, what was something that I just like it could have been the worst month of my life, but like what stayed like true and strong through all that stuff. Right. And so I always thought about like my passion. I always showed up for work. Right. you know, strength coach hours sometimes are like four thirty in the morning and, and, um, 10 o'clock at night, you know, and, and you got three hours of sleep and you got to go in and clean a platform and, and, um, train teams that you don't think that you're going to train, you know, when you're, um, looking at the, the the different jobs out there, everybody's always thinking that it's right to basketball or right to football or right to the NBA, right? Like the, the, the moments I had um, being an intern and, or grad assistant or grad student uh, were just cleaning the platforms at five o'clock in the morning, you know, and not having anything to do until maybe one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, those are moments where I'm like, all right, like, why the heck am I here? Well, I'm passionate about it. And they said that this is a part of the process. All right. Well, why the heck am I here? Well, I believe that this is going to be something that gets me somewhere. So that's faith. Right. Why the heck am I still here on this platform right now, like like doing this? And I know me uh, doing this or I I know that nobody else is going to see it. Right. Well, because I I love working hard. I love I love getting down on my hands and knees and and being a part of the process. And so that when that next team comes in, that next coach comes in and everything's clean and everything's sharp, um, it was done because I showed up for my part. Right. Even though they may not even recognize that I showed up and I did the things that um, gritty people, hardworking people do. Right. And then I thought about this last thing and said, um, this is definitely something that is near and dear to my heart. Gratitude. Somebody actually went out of their way to help me get here. Right. And and all those those cities that I went to, I had a college coach help me get to, um, uh, to my grad school. Right. I had. Uh, what is it? My to, to get my first full time job, the strength coach that I worked for um, as a grad assistant when I went to Florida, he actually retired and put my name in the hat for for the head strength coach job back at GW, and he helped me get that job there, right? And then um, let's fast forward seven years later, uh, the person that actually helped me get this job, Billy Donovan, um, I haven't talked to that dude for like six seven years, but to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, Billy, there's an opportunity out here to get this job with the Portland Trailblazers. I worked for you as an intern, um, and I went out of my way to do you know, all these different things with these athletes and yada, yada, yada. For that guy to now pick up the phone and talk to um, the GM and, and, and vouch for me was huge. So gratitude is how I have to roll because it's the thing that um, has allowed me to get here. And so, again, recognizing those, those tough moments and saying like, what did I actually stick to? What was the thing that shined bright um, during those times? And so, again, family, faith, gratitude, passion, um, grit or hard work uh, were the things that shine through. And uh, for me, again, those are the things that are most important to me. And it's not easy um, recognizing those things. But I think sometimes if you can just sit down and just figure out, like, what the heck, you know, when, when I went through this this traumatic moment, you know, a few years back. What allowed me to actually make it through? And then you just write that one down and then you do a little investigation to say, all right, what does that really mean? Right. What does gratitude really mean um, to you? or What does grit really mean to you? And um, from there, you can kind of you'll kind of go on a streak. Right. You'll figure out a few more. And then I think you get about five and you just hold on to those. Um, But, you know, throughout life, you're going to probably add a couple more to it um, that that really means something to you. And in different seasons of life, you may have different values that show up for you.
1: I found that quite helpful in that description that you gave because, you know, yes, being able to just declare it, I think is very important. And it's a great first step, but to know what that means for you, because the, the words are quite they're subjective and they're they can be hollow if you don't put thought behind it. You know, you know, grit and, and hard work. They're they're words that everyone wants to describe themselves by, particularly when they're trying to go for a job. But mm-hmm. how do you show up for that value? And what I really loved is when you were discussing grit and hard work, you were saying like, when it's not tied to receiving affirmation, like the work exists, even if no one else sees it, Mm -hmm. but it does pay off down the track because it builds you up to be the person that you are. And, you know, if you're not doing it for other people, that means you will keep doing it. Even if no one's standing in those stadiums, seeing you clean the decks.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that, that's the separator. That's the difference between somebody that, goes from sleeping on the floor as an intern to accomplishing a goal and checking something off their list that they wanted to accomplish, right? That, that's the, the that, that's the thing that allows you to now um, look back at your journey and say, it's worth it. You know, being able to hold on to those those moments, to those values that honestly, like it doesn't matter if, if it ever gets acknowledged, but that's just a part of your your DNA, right? Like that's the cool part. And, and I think that's the thing that a lot of um, young up and coming leaders um, emerging leaders really need to embrace is just doing the work that you know allows them to feel great, right? Don't worry about you know if somebody's recognizing you or not. I think these days with social media, um, and and everybody having these cool bios, like like, are you really down for the work? Are you really down for what you're saying? Are you authentically in it? Because if you're not, um, you will be crushed at one point, you know, and 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 um, that imposter syndrome will bury you. And I just I I try not to go out of my way to to, to to shy away from just telling people the truth. And so again, your core values will set you free. It's just on you to own them.
1: Yeah, and it is an interesting time to be someone who is maybe emerging into the workforce right now. And social media has been a part of, has been embedded into their DNA from mm-hmm. like a young age. You know, we didn't have that. Ben, like I feel quite grateful mm-hmm. that I didn't grow up with social media because Me I. Yeah, it, it, it's fortunate, and and I, as I, with having a son right now, I keep thinking, okay, well, how do I, how do I instill in him that he needs to work when no one's watching? He needs. It's not gonna. You're not gonna get to, you know, the the end goal without doing the hard work beforehand. And I think sometimes social media can lull people to be thinking that the end result. Like or what they believe, perceive as the end result and the goal. It doesn't mean you have, you have to work behind the scenes and do things in the really early years. And actually that's formative because that really tells you if you want to be doing that thing.
0: Exactly. exactly.
1: You know, you obviously had grit, you had hard work, you had passion. Did you also always believe that tr- the trajectory and the end state to the NBA for you was possible?
0: No, you know what? I stopped thinking about it. Um, I uh what is it my second year at gw um you know me being a young guy was just like oh i'm gonna be here for two years and i'm gonna go to the highest level and it's gonna happen tomorrow and i i it didn't right i was at gw for about seven years and you know the fun part was i was promoted along the way i learned and um cool part I, i this is where um another value of mine that's super important is legacy um this is where i was able to actually start a legacy um so so at gw I ended up having like maybe two or three assistants, um, two or three grad assistants, um, four or five interns. We ended up getting the master's exercise science master's program involved with um, our our department as well. And then we also, you know, built out two weight rooms or I built out two weight rooms. Um, I I, I had. you know, uh, folks on other campuses, and we actually had like a, a nice little system there where we were, you know, pulling people in and, and pushing people out to get great jobs and, and do amazing things. And 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 me looking too far ahead, um, it would have took all all the fun away from that that moment to now be able to just sit there and say, hey, like you've now been put in a position to to, to share your life philosophy with people to help them improve their life, right? And so I think the nba thing for me um once i stopped thinking about it um i think that's when it popped up honestly because i was just saying like how can i be the best me here and now and that's when all the cool stuff started happening um the, the fun part was there was a relationship that i started um with with uh strength coach uh, maybe my first year um at gw and you know we connected right off the bat and the the crazy part is right in that moment he's like dude I want to help you out and see if you if you need a job like here's a job that's you know it's open and available i'm like dude i just got this job here and over the years he just kept calling me up kept reaching out and and saying hey there's another opportunity here there's another opportunity here and i'm like dude i'm good appreciate you you know we would just catch up and then finally um, year seven he just texted me and was like hey dude do you have this on your resume and i'm not going to let you say no right and that was <laughs> to get this job with the portland trailblazers and and my point of bringing that up was it gave me space to now build meaningful relationships and learn how to do that. It gave me space to now cultivate other amazing strength coaches out there and and learn how to do that. Right, have my mistakes, have my moments. Um, it gave me space to 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 connect with 450 athletes. Right, we had 23 teams, we had 23 head coaches, we had 12 administrators. It gave me space to learn about things that. Um, Now I'm so happy I know about, you know, as I continue to build out my businesses and and my companies that I want, I've already gone through the process of um, teaching people how to be great so that they don't necessarily have to stay with me their entire life. I can help them be great on their own, you know? And so I think if I would have gotten to the NBA way too early, I would have missed out on that opportunity to to, to build that true legacy. And again, I'm so grateful for those years because it's – I – it hasn't like, it's just different NBA and college and just NBA and everything else. It's, it's like, it's, you can't even explain it to people that are in performance. They think that it's an easy transition. It's a totally different ball game, um, totally different business. Um, and, and you've got to now be present because if you're not present for this, um, I promise you, it will wipe you out. And so again, being present was uh, the thing that allowed me to not necessarily think about the NBA, but just kind of think about, you know, the moment and, and connect and be with the people that are around me.
1: And you were cultivating relationships with that agenda, which made it real. Yep. And I think people can suss that out, you know, because everyone, there's a hunger in people these days. I mean, potentially there always was, but there really is an obvious hunger for people to be at the top echelons or whatever is their arena. But there Mm -hmm. is such a thing of like space, time, you know, grace, learning, absorbing, consolidating, and just making meaningful relationships in the now and who knows what happens next. I don't think we hear that enough these days. Like everyone goes, push, 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 keep pushing, keep pushing, get to the next thing. And it's like, just wall back, like mm-hmm. be in that thing be in mm-hmm. that time. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because COVID-19 is kind of demanding that of us now. Yep. And it's interesting that it's taken a global pandemic for people to realise... Oh maybe I need to create a purposeful um personal um pause you know in different points in my life
0: Amen to that <laughs> Amen to that I need people to yeah. pause I need people to slow down and 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 I'm going to admit this like I have to slow down sometimes right like I am a I, I'm a doer um and and I I just go sometimes I've I've gone and just done things just to try it out and it's funny, even today, um, I reached out to a friend and was like, Hey man, I connected with this person that can help me out with this, this, and this. But I told him, I was like, Hey, like, I'm just sharing this with you. Cause I'm excited about it, but that's like 20th on my list, right? <laughs> like I'm, I'm here, right. I'm, I'm, I'm still working on this. I'm locked in on it. Um, and nothing's going to deter me from it, you know, regardless of, of how, how shiny it is. Right. And I think that's the, that's the what is it? Instant gratification. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, they want that right they 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 think that they they deserve it like not everybody deserves what you know what you really really want and that's something that uh it, it's it's not easy um it's not easy to be able to say like oh i want that let me go get it and then have to like hop on the slowest treadmill ever to go get it you know <laughs> <laughs> particularly
1: when yeah and and you had it dangling a couple of times and yep. you chose not to take it because you saw a longer game as well, Um, whether at the time it was intentional or not. And, hey, I'm not preaching that either of us are perfect in this respect, but I think there's an awareness. There's an awareness of, like, default settings and and, and what's potentially needed to actually go into the next step in a much better way Um, and not having to feel imposter syndrome. Like, it's okay to sometimes elevate your understanding to get into a place and then work really, really hard to catch up. But then there's also a time to like hold back. Mm-hmm. And I, I am a bit intrigued by the whole idea of performance coach, because I think in different domains, performance coach means a different thing. So if we, if we think about it in the lens of the NBA, how would you describe your role as performance coach for the trailblazers? And then later, we're going to look at, you know, what does it mean to be a performance coach for yourself in the other areas of your life?
0: Yeah. Uh, great question. And, and so I look at it, there's, there's a holistic approach to improving the mind and body. Um, that's a performance coach. Um, you know, we just don't tackle things in the weight room, uh, from, from, uh, a front squat to deadlift to, um, you know, a bench press, right? Like I feel like that's, that's like pretty old school. Um, and, and, um, there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, a performance coach has, you know, educated themselves in the areas of sleep, in the areas of nutrition, in the areas of recovery, um, in, in the areas of um, just, uh, what is it, the psychological areas. They've read books, they've, they've connected with people, they've found experts to, to, to pour into them so that they can have a little bit of information to be able to at least start the party um, to, to help that athlete um, or, or whoever it is um, perform better. Right. And that's our goal is to basically allow these basketball players to perform on the court. Right. And so sometimes, actually, a lot of times it's come into the weight room. Um, You know, we may have had a designed workout of six exercises, but uh, we had to tap into being a psychologist that day. So we did three exercises and we had a lot more time to talk. Or let's say we stepped out of the weight room. We just grabbed dinner and became human beings and just talked about family and growth and life. Um, That's another area of performance, right? Um, I've also learned that um, the progressive overload, um, it's it's important um, for the body and very important for the mind, right? And so now being able to to hand a guy a book, right? Um, One of my favorite books uh, that I, or two of my favorite books, Ego is the Enemy, Ego is the Enemy and Obstacles Are the Way, um, are, are, two awesome books that I remember giving to young guys and just saying, Hey, like here's something that you should read because it's got some good research and it's got some good practical, um, uh, exercises or things that are in here that can actually help you grow mentally. And the fun part is they may read it. They may not, but they have the tools now to improve and have that progressive overload so that they can um, improve their mind, improve their body. And it's something that again, we can provide as performance coaches. And so um, strength coach, you know, that's something that uh, people still call me and all. And, you know, I still roll with that title, but I believe a performance coach, a human performance coach is what we truly are. And that's why we've had um, as, a, as a staff um, so much success here because we actually connect well with our guys. Um, and I'm not just talking like performance staff in the weight room. I'm saying overall, uh, we go out of our way to actually build true relationships with any player that comes in here. Um, you know, we we hug guys. We actually get. Um, you know, close to, 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 to say, Hey, like I'm here for you as a human being. Um, You'll either make a whole lot of money, which I want you to do, um, or you won't. Right. And I want you to actually make a whole lot of money. And so I feel like the holistic approach is going to be the best avenue for um, any athlete that comes through um, the Portland Trailblazers and works with me um, just because it's, it's an easier route uh, that it takes a little more time, right? Like there's 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 um, you got to have a little more focused attention on like the specific details of each area and how you're really going to tap into that area or how you're going to really allow that person to thrive. Right. Each person may not be excited about the book. So it may be a podcast. Hey, I just listened to, to Sam's podcast the other day. You should listen to Minute 32. I think that'll be helpful for you. Or there was this cool article that was put out there on ESPN and such and such wrote it. You should check it out. Right. Like there are all these different avenues in, in, in. uh exercises that we can actually practice, um, being in this one position. And so, uh, I feel like there's amazing strength coaches across the world that have so much to offer, uh, but they don't really own the other area or the holistic approach just yet, right? They kind of shy away from it because, you know, the world says, well, you're, you're the weight room person. Cool. Be the weight room person, but also be the other person that, you know, you can be and great because you motivate people. As performance coaches, we can motivate, we can inspire, we can be great speakers. Um, it's just on us to, to, to take that step and say, hey, like, I've done the work, I've gone out of my way to improve myself um, and allow myself to be super resilient. Let me now give that out, right? Let me make sure I give that back and pay that forward. Um, for these young guys, again, they're 19, 20, 21. Um, they're young guys that truly do not understand life and um, a lot of people attack them in so many different ways. Again, psychologically, um, family, friends, um, loved ones, uh, people come for them. And uh, to be able to have a a group of people, uh, meaning performance coaches, uh, coaches that truly just want to see them win, um, see their families win, um, is is rare. And so I think that's something that uh, myself and, you know, the staff here brings to the table and uh, we do a really good job at it.
1: When you were studying, you know, performance um, back when you were at school, like, was performance viewed so holistically, or is it? Is this something more that you've kind of learned um, and developed through experience? Uh,
0: a little bit of both. Uh, th- th- there's a lot of research out there that just shows the importance of it. Obviously, because there's there's sleep studies, there's sleep doctors now, right? There's um, there's technology that's out there. Um, there's um, all these different coaches and all the mindset coaches and mental skills coaches and um, and so that shows you that it's out there. Um, but for, for, for me, uh, let's go back through you know, the, the journey that I've gone you know, through over the last 14, 15 years from from being an intern to being a grad assistant, to being um, a head strength coach, to being an assistant AD that oversaw a lot that had to sit down with a lot of different people, um, head coaches, um, administrators, um, parents uh, the 450 athletes um, to now. Right. There was so much that I, I encountered personally that I saw um, and, and, and just kind of picked out and just said, "Oh, you know, this women's rowing team, like they turned up um, because of this goal, right Their goal was different than the basketball uh, team's goal. The water polos team's goal was different than but the, sec- the second that we established that goal, um, psychologically, they locked into the weight room, right? So now I get to see these cool little areas of growth um, that have nothing to do with weights. Right. So I took the research, I took um, the knowledge that I was able to gain um, academically. And I also just looked at the human being and just said, Hey, what's allowing this person to truthfully succeed? Because they just went through, you know, uh, the, their midterms, right? They just went through whatever it is, the uh, practice. And then they have the state champ or the, um, the NCAA championship happening, right? And then they showed up for it. And then they maybe have gotten first or second place. And then they actually had to go to class tomorrow right? They got to go to class and then they got to go off on the family trip. Like, how are they showing up? Right. And so I started to pull those things, um, during my experiences with those athletes and with myself, right. And just said, all right, here are the things that I've learned that are actually valuable for performance. And again, I just go back to that holistic approach. Um, the last piece, the key piece that I realized was, um, super crucial. I'm actually, um, blessed is a blessing that jumped on me uh during the quarantine I uh, was sleep like I didn't realize mm. how important sleep was um for my personal performance right I mean I I used to do a podcast and I did it during the season um and it was interesting because I would go all over the place and fly and I would jump on and try to do a podcast and my brain was fried and I was exhausted and um uh, there were a lot of great episodes but there were just moments where I was just done and um you know fast forward to the covet situation with quarantine and you know we, our first few weeks we didn't know really what was happening but I actually got to sleep eight you know to ten hours and it was a game changer for me right it was something that allowed me to really understand I am sharp I am clear um if I was going to work right now I don't drink caffeine at all but people will probably think I'm hyped up on caffeine because of all the energy I've got um so so again, just paying attention to what really works. Um, because research is cool. Um, and, and seeing all the studies and it's super important um, to, to have the information. But it's also super important to see how the how the, the research is actually being done in your space and, and and making sure that you're navigating and adapting to what's going on in your environment versus, you know, the the study that you, you may have read. Um, so so again, a fine balance of art and science and, and mm-hmm. making sure that we put we put the thing that's that's important, most important in front of the athlete so that they can uh, digest it. And not all athletes are going to be really into the science. Um, not all athletes are going to be really into the arts. I'm going to really know about the science. Um, so it's just having that fine balance of, of delivering both um, and, and knowing when to deliver it.
1: It is so funny because I'm sure you have told your athletes like sleep's really important and you've even referred them to the science but you weren't living it. And now that you've lived it, the way yeah. you can explain it can be so different. And it, and it is true. Like if you're, a, if you're a coach or if you're a leader, you have to be living in what you share yes.
0: um,
1: because like you can speak about it on such a different level and people will get it because the barriers that you've had to go through to discover it, like they'll get, they'll get that part. They'll get the struggle. They'll mm-hmm. get that. It's not always convenient to, you know, in, enforce within yourself to get those eight to 10 hours a night because life just gets in the, in the way. And, you know, when in the, you're- world's,
0: and the world's best athletes will call your bluff real fast. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> like it, you know this already. They will, they will call bullshit and then be like, well, you're not doing it. So why do I have to? Cause they'll look at you and they'll see yeah. it. So, so you don't want to be called on that. So make sure that you execute.
1: Well, if you're trying to tap into an athlete in many different ways, and obviously it's based on the individual, I guess the most key component to all of that is that they trust you. Because hmm. without trust, they ain't going to do shit what you yeah. say. <laughs> so I know that you speak about the trust jar. Um, can you tell me how you, you, you kind of facilitate the ability for the people in your team to trust, not just what you're saying, but you.
0: Yeah. um, So, so going back to what we just said, practice what you preach, Um, you know, are you showing up uh, as, as the best in in your field, right? So they're the best in their field, right? Again, um, NBA is the best place for basketball period, right? Like we have the uh, I'm going to say the top athletes, you know, that other people may say, you know, other sports have the best. I feel like we have the best athletes. We have the best basketball players. Um, so you need to go out of your way to be seen as one of the best at what you do. Um, and it's not necessarily um, in every last thing, right? I feel like it's like, pick that thing. Maybe it's, you know, you're the strongest dude in the weight room. Um, maybe you're the, the crazy guy that likes to run far, right? Oops. I feel like that's me, right? I love running far. I love pushing myself and, and I love challenging myself. Um, in areas that I know make me very uncomfortable, um, but then I love telling the story about it, like why I do it, um, and and then from there I get to now connect with them about like, dude, I had to I had to use this supplement, um, you know, during my race, um, and it helped. Actually, you know what? You've been struggling during your games. You should give this a try. And dude, hey, I tried this. Um, you know, right before one of my games gave me a whole bunch of energy and it felt amazing during one of my runs here. Look at my watch. My time was the best time I've ever had. Dude, you should give it a try just because you've been struggling in the first quarter and you said you've been, you've been um, struggling with your diet. So, so again, sweat equity, right? Being able to show through what you're doing, um, through how you're living, um, is key. Right. And, and again, it's not necessarily saying that you have to pick up running or endurance or whatever. I picked up the thing that I actually hated the most. Um about seven years ago, I could probably run up to one mile and I couldn't stand it. Like I I was like I was miserable. Um because I played basketball my entire life and and basketball 94 feet was it. Right. Um, but then at one point I was like, dude, I gotta do something else. And I started to pick it up. And you know, now I do half Ironman. Um now I get crazy and, and run 80 miles in a month. And and so it's it's like, um, how are you pushing to your your edge? How are you pushing to your extreme? Because Again, you're dealing with the world's best. These people are obsessed with basketball and it's not a bad thing. Like It's allowed them to make millions of dollars as teenagers and or early, um, what is it, 20 year olds, right? Like it's not a bad thing, right? But what are you obsessed with and can you wear that on your shoulder? Can you wear that on your sleeve, excuse me? Can you put yourself out there enough so that they see it and then they ask you questions? right and and now that they see you're 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 living an authentic life now and and again you're doing it consistently though right you're not just doing it for a season, you're not just doing it for a month or a week or or you signed up for a half marathon and you know you did a little bit of training and then you just fell off right <laughs> you're this is your lifestyle this is genuinely who you are, and again, this goes back to core values and figuring out the things that you know, when when shit hits the fan, what are you still gonna hold on to? Again, for me, when things go wrong, when things get crazy and wild, I promise you, doing a 5K, um, running, training, um, you know, picking up a book, listening to a podcast, doing certain things, it's just a natural thing, right? I may have had to train myself into certain things. Um, The book is definitely something I actually, I I struggled to read up until maybe five or six years ago um, until I found people that spoke my language, and I didn't know that was a thing, right? Like there's certain people that just speak away where I just love the way they deliver it. So I can now listen to them talk about anything in the world. And so that was a cool trick that, again, allowed me to now, um, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk and all that good stuff. And just put myself in a position to say, hey, like, you know, ask me what you want to ask me because I'm personally going through it. I may not be on the basketball court, but I'm still an athlete in my space, right? I may not be, um, you know, the best in the world at it. But I can tell you right now, not a lot of people are trying to run 80 to 100 miles in a month and go to work and travel across the the, the United States of America and still try to keep a clean diet and still build relationships and do all these different things, right? Like I'm pushing as hard as I possibly can, A, so that they can see it because I lead by example, and then B, because that's just naturally who I am, right? And so I think that's the the competitive edge that they want to see consistently and Again, it's more of a respect thing. Like once you get that trust um, and they can see that you do it year after year. And again, I said this is year seven, year eight. Um, I, I wasn't able to do it right away. My first year, you know, the treadmill, the NBA's treadmill was going about 25 miles per hour. And I honestly slipped up a bunch of times during that season and busted my jaw and <laughs> busted my nose and, and fell off the treadmill a bunch um, because you you think, you know, but you don't right? Every, everybody that's had their first year in the NBA as a player, coach, or front office person um, has the same story, right? And then the people that, you know, three years later, they're either out, a year later, they're out, or two years later, they're out. is because they couldn't figure out how to get back on that treadmill and, and condition themselves and get the endurance that they need to actually sustain um, this journey, this crazy journey. And so, again, that's the thing that allows guys to trust, um, allows people to trust, it's saying that you're actually going out of your way to live that life, right? They can see you, um, like, again, lights are off, but you're still in the weight room. You're still in the weight room wiping down platforms at 9 p.m. at night where it really doesn't matter. You weren't the last person in the weight room, right? Like, this dude was the last person in the weight room, but this is a part of your job. So I guess it's keeping that internship mentality, right? I think it's it's holding on to that and, and putting me... Um in a space that's saying like, hey dude, it worked then <laughs> you might as well hold on to it and and allow it to really allow you to thrive now and 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 again, don't allow your success um to 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 push you in any other space because uh being authentic is not easy for a lot of people because they're just not authentic right they're not the person that truly wants to uh go out there and push themselves to the edge all the time and so I think that's the one thing that's earned um trust with a lot of the guys I've worked with and know, consistently, uh, you know, guys can see, you know, from players that have been traded to our team, traded away, everybody can see, coaches, all that stuff, that this is genuinely who I am. And it's it's sometimes maybe obnoxious, but it's very informative for, you know, the young guys coming in um, to be able to actually tap on somebody's shoulder that has kind of gone through the gauntlet um, in different areas of life.
1: I think not only is that uh, a great example of how trust can be created, But it's also uh, great advice when, you know, you you kind of, you falter and you fall and knowing that everyone at some point has those moments Mm. and trust is actually created when you come back up and you stick at it and you might be embarrassed, ashamed, red-faced, but you keep pushing through. And I think, um, you know, I spoke to Mark Healy the other week and... Mm -hmm. I was saying, like, success isn't just by the shiny stuff, the highlights, it's actually by, like, the grit that comes when things don't work out. And mm-hmm. people recognize that. You know, they'll kind of say, oh, that guy had a really crappy first year. Like, he just didn't connect to the team. Like, he he thought he knew more than he did. And, you know, we kind of gave him a hard time and he's still with us and he's shown now humility and he's learning and he's like, you know, that I think people will remember that more.
0: Mm-hmm. And and that's, and they do, They they want to see, how, um, how battle tested you are. People want to see your scars. They want to see you get knocked down and get up. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, not everybody's going to help you when you get knocked down. I think that's the thing that, you know, I try to, you know, hang my hat on. Is like, you got knocked down. This is why you got knocked down and I'm going to help you up. But like, if you get knocked down again, like, like realize why you're getting knocked down, I'm just going to keep pointing back at it and not trying to humiliate you, but trying to help you learn from your, from your mistakes that you're making. And, and again, when that person gets up and they sustain and they have that amazing career that puts them in the space to be a Hall of Famer, whatever it is, um, it, it's cool to see because it's not easy, especially on the highest level with millions of people watching you and <laughs> no expectations are through the roof. Right. Like that's the wild stuff that they have to deal with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you actually have to be willing to get yourself back up. You can't wait for someone else to do it for you. Mm-hmm. So now let's look at travel because when I saw the the numbers about what your team does, and and also comparing it to what the the, the team that does the next amount of miles and the differentiation between that, I, I started to wonder how performance is affected, and and not just performance, but also like mindset and relationships at home. So so con- some contextualization. Your team clocks. 542,383 miles, which is some 40,000 miles more than the second-place team in the NBA, which is enough to circle the globe 21 times. Yeah. I mean, firstly, explain to those who might. I'm like, okay, mic drop. <laughs> think, enough said, we can move on. <laughs> but I, I think this is important because one, why is that the case? And, and that's relevant for those who don't get the contextualization for it. Mm-hmm. And then two, how does the team still perform under that? And three, how as how a performance team in a coaching squad, do you help mitigate the sacrifice and stress that that creates to the um, athletes' personal lives?
0: Yeah. So wait, question number one again was?
1: Why do you guys travel so much?
0: We're in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so Seattle Supersonics used to be up here, and they were in our division at one point, and they went to OKC. So OKC is like mid-country mid mid uh, mid-country now, or mid-states. And so with that, we're officially like the furthest team away um, from folks. And um, like I think our closest trip is like Utah, which is like maybe an hour. Um, and then I think San Fran or Sacramento is like really close as well, like maybe a 90-minute ride um, or flight. And, and, um, other than that, like, I mean, every flight is pretty much two hours or more. Again, the the way the NBA schedules are set up, um, you know, you've got your, your back-to-backs, which there aren't as many, um, as they used to be. Um, you've got your, you know, your six to, to, to seven game road trips, um, which again, they're not as many as they used to be. Um, or your 10 to 12 day road trips, which they've done a great job of, you know, navigating, you know, how to put that together to help guys with sleep right? I think we, we've seen a spike in injuries because, um, not just us, but a lot of teams around the NBA are just having guys, um, play, um, on like E, right. And it's not necessarily like physically E, but like maybe psychologically, they're just burnt out, right? You, you've done, um, however many games in a row. Um, you know, you, you see some, some, t- uh, some teams, some players, you know, sitting out people are like, Oh, why are they sitting out? Like, Dude, like you, you don't realize how crazy it is and how taxing it is to to go to seven cities, um, in ten days or eleven days, um, or four, however many days, um, and, and sleep in hotel beds again, really nice hotels, but it's not your bed, right? It's it's not your your room. You're not near your family. You're not near the things that allow you to be most comfortable. And again, uh, people always say, "Oh, they signed up for it." Um, yes, they did, but it's still taxing, right? It's still hard. Um, and so, uh, us being out in the Pacific Northwest is, is extremely, um, uh, difficult just when it comes to flying and all. And, uh, you know, hopefully one day a team over here in this area, um, gets inserted, uh, and, and we now can have, you know, maybe a better, um, schedule just because we, we have a team that's close to us. Uh, second question was what, Sam?
1: Second question was how do you help the guys deal with that travel and still perform well?
0: Yeah. So this, this is where, uh, uh, our, our sports science, um, our performance team, uh, just everything is, is, is super vital, right? Like, so now, um, setting up the scheduling when, when it comes to staying over in cities and and sleeping, right? Like versus, um, leaving uh, that, that night, right? So is it better to sleep in this city or is it better to get to the next city and allow them to sleep in? Right, and so um, as of recent, we've aired on the side of just let's sleep in certain cities, right? Um, let's wake up in the morning, and you know everybody hop on the plane, get a good night's sleep, get to, get your eight hours and or more of sleep, whatever it is that you need. Um, you've got space to do that, right? And um, it's been honestly for me personally, it's been beneficial. Like I've seen a difference, like night and day difference from staying over in the city versus um, flying out the night before, and sometimes you have to. Um, but uh, th- I don't think people really get like. Uh, you know, I've had friends reach out I'm like, Hey man, you guys won five in a row, you know, you know, enjoy tonight. And I'm like, enjoy tonight. Like we're about to fly from, uh, what is it? Miami to, to Portland. That's a six hour flight home. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to get to sleep. Um, but at the same time, not go to sleep because I get home, it's going to be one o'clock in the morning. If I slept for six hours, I'm wide awake. right? <laughs> so I'm not going to sleep. I got to figure out how to maybe, you know, take a quick little cat nap. Uh, and then maybe watch a movie, read a book. I don't know if I want to read a book at, at one o'clock in the morning flying across the country. So it's like, how do I unwind? And so I think about our, our guys and just, we give them again, tools. Um, we point them in the right direction to say, Hey, these are things that you can do. Um, when, when we we have these long trips here, are the opportunities um, from uh, what is it from pillows to sleep masks to, to earplugs, to um different apps to listen to um from from drinks from like a uh, cherry juice uh that that gives us what we need with antioxidants we try to give them aids we try to provide them with these amazing opportunities to um you know double down on recovery um in that moment and again it's diff- it's difficult you know I, it was funny i had um uh, a friend uh, she gave a presentation about sleep she was a sleep doctor and she gave a presentation and she said her research has shown, you know, professional basketball players, um, you know, the reason that they stay up so late um, is because they, they, they tweet too much, right? There's a correlation between tweeting at 11 o'clock at night or 12 o'clock at night um, to them having, you know, a bad game. And I, I kind of, you know, told her, I said, hey, like, just to let you know, that's when we're flying typically. <laughs> like, we're nowhere near sleep, right? Like, that's, that is actually the time when we just got on the plane. Um, and we're probably doing a three hour flight to the next city. And so all the tweets that you see from like 11 o'clock at night to maybe like three o'clock in the morning is the transit, right? And so if you've seen tweets at 6am, got it, totally different ball game. But throughout the night, a lot of the times we're in transit, right? And so, um, it's, it's truthfully being able to understand who they are, um, what's going to work for them. Some guys like to take on the AIDS and, and the things that are going to allow them to go to sleep, like the cherry juice.
1: I, I spent some time in. Um, now this sounds ridiculous. I spent some time in Ibiza, um, <laughs> but it's kind of true. I went great, to Ibiza. Great song. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but I, I went there, and I got to spend some time with the director of global athlete performance, yeah. um, and drama. His name is Michael Watts. He actually lives in Portland. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of work with high performance teams uh, in in the UK and Europe, and also in the United States. And he talks a lot about this and he has a very regimented routine when he flies and he kind of teaches it to all his athletes, but it's also about looking at different um, uh, light, like blue light, white light, Mm -hmm. um, depending on the time zone it is, to recalibrate your brain to be in the right time zone for when you get home. You know, Mm -hmm. when to have caffeine, you know, it's not specifically relevant to you but maybe to your players, um, when to maybe watch something on a screen. But he also, like, disinfects everything on the plane, which I guess the world are going to start doing that with COVID anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he'll, he'll put um, um, a thing up his nose so he's not inhaling the air. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a one percenter. It's the one percent stuff that people in high performance, when they're in teams that are the elite, the top of the top of the game, they do all those things because they all count. You know, with the Trailblazers, do you see the guys... Are the guys really obsessive on finding all those one percenters?
0: Yes and no. Um, Like I told you before, some people are into the science, some people are into the art. So what does that mean? Some people are into all the techie um, things that allow them to, um, you know, have that one percent edge um, because they've done the research on it and they're like, hey, you know what? This this whoop is going to help me sleep better, right? Because it's going to track my sleep. You know, this this aura ring is going to help me sleep better. This uh, this pillow, this this night mask, this. Um, this lavender is going to help me sleep better. So I'm going to use it. Right. And and sometimes we always look at the placebo effect. If they say it's going to help them, then guess what? It helps. Right. Like, let's run with that. And then and then there's the person that's just like, give me the thing that's actually going to work. Um, and if it doesn't work, then whatever. I'm not using it anymore. And yeah. No, I don't yeah. care. Um, because guess what? I've played basketball my entire life. I've played AAU. I've played a thousand games in AAU. And one day, um, slept for two hours, woke up the next day and dropped fifty. Right. So again, it, it's just it's give or take, right? Like I think it's always about providing, you know, um, the, the science, providing the tools, providing the opportunity, um, and then saying and having the autonomy as a coach, right? And again, if people enjoy your philosophy. Um, you know, just drive that point home. Like, hey, here's some cool things that I know can help you, right? Drive those those tools that you love to use home. Um, but if it's very invasive, if, if it's something that um, doesn't feel comfortable for them um, or it's something that they may have to set up, um, I think that's the tough part, right? Like we've learned over over time that like, you know, wearables and all these different things are super cool. But like, if it feels, it doesn't feel good to sleep in, you know, what good is it for, for us to, to think we're going to use that to track? Right. If it doesn't feel convenient for them, um, you know, a person that's exhausted because they just played 45 minutes and, you know, and, and dropped 50 of the, of the past five games, um, they're not going to really want to go out of their way. And again, people may argue and say they should want to go out their way. But like you're still a human being, like there may be one night you miss, miss something. Right. And so, again, I think it's p- being able to provide tools, um, but also let's go back to that holistic approach. Right. Like there may be some practices maybe a practice of gratitude, maybe some breathing, right? Maybe some, um, some, some meditation, right? Maybe some mindfulness exercises that you can now empower them with, right? I think that's the, that's the trick, right? How are you empowering um, your guys? How are you empowering these dudes to now not just rely on one thing? Again, these are the one percenters of the world. So that, they, that means that they actually pick up things really, really quickly. So again, let's not just throw everything at them, Let's throw what we feel, again, has helped us. Um, And so if you've been in this environment and you've traveled all over the place and you've tried to use all these different tools, um, all these different aids, um, all right, here are a few things that have helped me. Give it a shot. What do you think? Ah, I don't like the taste of that. Cool. Ah, That makes me uncomfortable. I just don't want to do that. Cool. But for some odd reason, this breathing, this belly breathing, this belly chest breathing, um, doing it for 30 reps right before I go to sleep, I have the best sleep ever. Well, guess what, dude? That's what we're going to hold on to. And that's what we're going to start with. Right. So again,
1: obviously the players experience their own personal sacrifice, but I'm speaking to you. So has there been, uh, have you experienced it with all the trouble?
0: Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, personally, just with relationships and, and friendships and family, um, there's a lot of sacrifice there. Um, you, you, I say this to people all the time. Like it's a sacrifice to, to, to to be connected to somebody that is in professional sports and not a terrible sacrifice. Like you get to, you know, be happy for that person and they're, they're doing something that not a lot of people get to do, but you're gone a lot and, and you're traveling a lot and your communication style is just different. Um, it's a lot of FaceTime. It's a lot of, um, connecting in different avenues um, with, with just anybody that is close to you in relationship. Um, when it comes to you as an individual in this space, you better find what allows you to stay mentally sane. Um, and it because it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's the best organized chaos you'll ever see um, professional sports. Um, you know, by the time you guys get to see us, you know, play in, in, in uh, on ESPN or ABC or whatever, Um, The amount of organized um, chaos that has gone down. And again, it's just the name of the game here. Like, it's not a terrible thing. Like, I I don't want people to think that, you know, that's me going at anything. It's just it is what it is. There's a lot of moving pieces. And, you know, you just got to be on your your toes. You know, you may walk into a city thinking that this is the plan and the whole plan will just change at the drop of a dime. And you've just got to be agile uh, and willing to adapt. Right. Um, We always drive the point home of adapt or die. Um, Like that's, that's the name of the game here. Be willing to adapt or you will die. You will not make it. So um, that's another thing. Um, And then honestly, uh, making sure that you have, you know, some sort of practice, some sort of physical um, and nutritional practice, right? Like it's huge that you have a routine that uh, works uh, good for you, right? You're 30, you're 45 minutes of time that you you have to yourself. um, Maybe it's right when you land in the city, um, you go get a sweat, Right. And again, uh, for for folks that really want to know a little more about this venture is like we land in the city. It's a back to back. Um, We go help our equipment guy out because he's by himself with all the equipment uh, to get set up for the locker room in in the the next game. Right. So we help him out and it's two or three of us that go. And again, we land at two o'clock. We go to the arena and everybody else is up in their beds. Uh, We actually help get the luggage off the truck. We tag all the luggage so everybody can have all their luggage into their room. Um, And then we go over to the arena. So that's probably 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning. Now we're in the arena setting up the locker room. And it's about Mm 4.30 in the morning by the time we actually get back to our rooms. And the team is at probably 12 o'clock that next day. And we still got to get in our workout. We still have to get in our practice that allows us to show up and be our best selves. So there's a lot of sacrifice um, for you as well. right? But you have to understand or you have to know um, what you value. Right, let's go all the way back to those core values. Why are you here, right? Why? Wh- what are you? What are you doing this for, right? Are you doing this to build a legacy? Are you doing this because you're passionate about it? Are you doing this because you do love hard work? Um, if so, cool. Keep turning it up because this is this is a space that you can actually pour into all those buckets. But if if you came here um, for all the other stuff, all the glitz and glam, um, you will be squashed. <laughs> you will be squashed, and that diamond that you thought you were going to be won't happen. And I, again, I've seen it. I've seen people come here for the wrong reasons and, you know, they'll be here for a year or two and, and know, this thing will break them and it breaks you in different ways. You know, it's not necessarily saying that you're going to be, um, you know, overly exhausted. You know, things that I've seen is from, from um, you know, somebody going out and having one or two extra beers and they show up to work, you know, completely hungover. right? They, they go out and they do one or two extra dinners and they've put on a, a cool 20 pounds out of nowhere, Right. Like they, they've they gone out of their way and they don't realize it. They're probably trying to cope with what's happening and they keep turning up on things that make them feel good so that they can survive. Like that's where the discipline is. And so so I think the discipline um, that you have to turn up on to or turn up on because of, of your mental, of your physical, of your spiritual, um, and then uh, being able to actually uh, be cool with sacrifice from both ends, right? Your family, your relationships. You're going to have to kind of sacrifice it for this time frame of your life um, a little bit and and just adjust and then sacrificing your space. um, You are here to serve and and serve in different capacities that are not on that contract, that are not um, written down. And and again, some things may get dropped on you uh, that you're like, no, I didn't sign up for that. Like, well, are you here or not? Because if you're here, you're doing it.
1: <laughs> and the reality is there's a thousand people knocking down at that door to take your spot. So you, are, you either better be in and all in or someone will be there.
0: Oh, my gosh. Somebody do that in a heartbeat and and, and try to do everything else, too. And they'll, and they'll do it way better. And here's the crazy part. It, like, I, I don't get it twisted. Like this, there's, I think, 60 position or 60 strength coaches, maybe. Maybe let's just say 50 to 60 in the NBA, like there's millions of people shooting for these positions. Like don't get it twisted. Like you are, there's somebody knocking on your door and, and yeah. you better stay sharp. You better stay locked in and and know that um, you have to keep um, reinventing yourself. Like forget the job, like for yourself and, and your personal growth in life, you need to continue to tap into things that allow you to grow. Uh, Cause if you don't, somebody will catch you.
1: Well, I mean that links to gratitude and I love that you've written a kid's book. On gratitude you have a busy life you're on the road all the time what makes you think oh i'm actually going to also add writing a book for kids about gratitude like where does that come from
0: yeah, you know what? So, so I can say first, thank you for for recognizing the book. It, it's super awesome. I'm I'm so happy that I, I wrote it and it's out there in the world. Just because it's, it's
1: cool, it's really it, cool.
0: It, appreciate it. Um, and so I have really cool connections in in, in network and relationships, right? So there's a guy that um I connected with out here um, that is actually the founder of a kids' book about. Um, and so it's a kid's book about um, gratitude that I wrote. And then there's a whole bunch of different books that are about tough conversations so that parents and children can have those conversations um, like racism, um, feminism, about uh, money, uh, about depression. Like he, he's, he's gotten authors to speak or, or specialists to speak about those different areas, right? That's their expertise. And he asked me to write about gratitude. And so we partnered up. Um, the one thing that I actually I had a big epiphany the other day. I said some of the best work that I've ever done in my life has been partnered up with other cool people, right? Like so, so let's actually let's actually slow down for a second and realize that like there's writers out there that write amazing books, but you don't need to be that guy that sits down and writes this book. You need to be the guy that works for the Portland Trailblazers that loves to run the Great Day Squad that loves to do this, and you need to partner up with Jelani and figure out how to get this thing done because A, he's extremely passionate about this and then so are you. So that makes for an amazing collaboration, right? And, and now you have this opportunity to create something that um, can, can uh, pour into your legacy. And so I'm thankful for Jelani uh, for taking me through um, his workshop process where we sat down, um, we, we kind of did a brain dump of just all the different things I, I thought um, gratitude should look like and feel like. Um, and then we curated this thing together and again, it's, it's all my words, it's all my um, energy, but he laid it out in a way that allowed um, people to really receive it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful because that like, that like turned on a light it was just like, oh crap, this is how some of these folks are doing it. Again, it's not going out and getting a ghostwriter or nothing like that, but it's going to collaborate with a person that's extremely passionate about certain things that gives you space to go off and continue to dominate what you're doing. Right. So, so we wrote this book. Um, We took, I'm going to say, once we really engaged in doing it, it took about a month, a month and a half. Uh, Good. Yeah. No, we locked in. Like, we went through like legit workshops. (laughs) Like, we're meeting on this day. We're talking about this. All right. Before you come, you need to fill this stuff out. And it was like,
1: that is accountability. Like, you know, stuff that's new for you. There's a lot of reasons why you can easily put it into the too hard basket. So you have to create the framework of accountability to, to keep yes. moving forward, to create yep. structure around this thing. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And that's honestly, like for me, it was a blessing because I was like, man, how do people get this done? And I did it, right? Like we got it done. And again, we he, he did a great job of helping me really pull out what I thought gratitude was. Because um, again, yep. you know, you start the process and you you write your surface stuff down, but that's not really what you want to say, right? And you don't realize that until you get um, deeper and you ask the right questions and you have the right people in the room to pull those things out of you.
1: You speak a lot about community and I know you've got a lot of different communities, but in terms of like the NBA community and how tight knitted it can be, you know, in times of success, but as always, even greater in times of adversity, and, you know, this year you know, Kobe Bryant tragically passed away and we didn't just see the outpouring – we saw the outpouring of, like, grief and sorrow all throughout the world. But what was it like to be, like, in the NBA fraternity feeling that?
0: Yeah, that was – it was wild. So this year for me personally is was, was crazy just because uh, obviously I've experienced the same thing everybody else has experienced with uh, the coronavirus, quarantine, all these different things. Um, I've actually lost uh, – I lost a grandfather – um, who, who died of, of just old age. Um, he lived to maybe like 95, um, rest his soul, or may rest in peace. Um, and, and a couple other people, um, honestly lost throughout uh, COVID and, and, you know, to start this whole year, um, you know, the Kobe Bryant thing for me was like, it was wild. Again, um, looked up to Kobe basketball player. Um, I, I, I remember watching him, um, as I grew up as a basketball player and just how awesome he was. And, um, the craziest thing. We were the first game that they had um, in the Staples Center. Uh, what is it? Uh, after he passed away, uh, we were that 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 game where we had um, the memorial service. And dude, like that was a powerful night. You know, it was one of those spaces or one of those times where it was just like, let's hold space. Like, you know, we normally do a pregame lift and we turn up and do all these different things. Like, Let's just let people do what they need to do. we're going to set everything up. We're going to be here. Um, if, if a guy's going to break down or if a guy just doesn't want to play, like, we're just going to hold space and we're going to respect it. And and I think um, that that night um, when, when LeBron gave his speech, um, when we were all on the court, um, when we were watching the 8 and 24 with the flowers around it um, and all these different things were happening, they had all the 8s in um, twenty fours in the stands, it was just like, man, like this is really happening and 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 life is way more precious than you think. This dude built an amazing um, empire and and the crazy part is everybody knew he had more room to grow and in an instant, you know he, he's not here anymore, right and his daughter and and that whole family and for me um and the community around me, I think we realized that like we're human beings. This thing is, is not, um, you know, we're not uh, immortal. You know, I think sometimes when we're in these spaces, um, we can think that we're very immortal. Um, and we can think that we're, we're you know, we don't have, um, you know, an hourglass that's been flipped over, right? We we can all think that. Um, we can think that, you know, we're always going to be in this space. Change is going to happen. Um, and unfortunately, that with, with Kobe's situation, um, it was him passing away. But I hope, it put people, it shifted people's perspective on life because um, it, it shifted mine. Like it, I promise you it shifted mine. It put me in a space to say, hey, like, how can I just, how can I do more of what I do already? How can I make sure I'm consistently just caring for the folks that are around me and, and asking people, you know, and boldly asking people, are you good? Yeah, you good? Sweet. Are you mentally good though? Right? Cool. If you're not, I'm here to rap with you and if you don't want to rap about it, whatever. But I I care about you um, uh, not going through this so roughly that it actually hurts your your career and your life. And if you if you're gonna go through that, cool. But like, let's figure out the proper way to do it, right? Because it really did hurt a lot of people um, in the NBA. And, and the crazy part about the NBA in life is that people have to move on, right? But we move very quickly here. And this is one that this is one event that um, I'm actually happy we were able to kind of sit in for a little bit. Um, because the dude did a lot for the NBA. He did a lot for people across the world. Um, I had friends that, um, uh, that used to work in the NBA and were out of the NBA that were like struggle bussing. Um, but then I've also had some friends that just said, you know what, that sucks, and you know they've dealt with death before. They've dealt with you know losing loved ones, and so they kind of went through their grieving process a little quicker. Um, and then there's other people that this was the first person close to them that like ever passed away, right? So. Again, seeing all those different emotions was wild, but I I just always go back to just holding space um, and and making sure that, you know, guys know that, hey, if you need somebody to talk to, rap with, I'm here for you. Um, If it gets any crazier than that, you know, I can refer you to, you know, who you need to to talk to and all. But like, again, I'm here for you. And this is a great place you can start.
1: Do you think it takes adversity for change to happen?
0: Yes and no. Um, I've I've actually, um, on my old podcast, I talk with, uh, Hersey Hawkins, he used to play in the NBA for the Seattle Sup- Supersonics way back in the day. A couple other teams as well. Um, and In Hawk actually works with us now with the Blazers, and he said something that was super cool. He he found um, Christ. He found God um, during all of his success. Uh, and and again for for me, um, typically people you know they they hit rock bottom or or you know they lost everything and and something crazy happened and now they're they're, they're, they're extremely spiritual or. Or super religious, right? Um, when he told me that story, I was like, "Hmm, wow." He's like, "Yeah, dude. Actually, I think I got you know rookie of the year that year, and this happened, and that happened. Um, and and no, oh, no, it wasn't rookie. He was an all star. He got an all star. He got to be an all star. All these other cool things happened. And and he was like, "Yeah, just woke up one day, and I felt like it was time." And so I think there's some people that go through that, and they're just like, "Hey, you know what? I feel like this is necessary for me." Um, it, but I think it's rare. Right? I feel like people really do need to hit um, a little bit of a bump in the road, um, a little bit of adversity to typically like to make that real strong change. Um, that's why I always go back to like stepping out of your comfort zone and pushing to the edge. Uh, but I do think there's folks out there that can see their lives um, in, a, in a sense of, hey, I'm having a lot of success, but how do I level it up even more to have more success that I want to have? Again, not success in getting money and all these, but like maybe the spiritual success. You know, maybe the, the emotional success, um, and so I always applaud those folks and and just say keep going. Um, but the adversity piece, I know that there's uh, a lot more folks out there that uh, go through things and don't know how to navigate through it.
1: Has work resumed back to normal? Like, was there even was there much? I mean, I'm sure there was some pause on travel, but where yeah. where's the MBA MBA at right now?
0: Uh, so we're actually about to take off and go to Orlando, um, July ninth uh we take off <clears throat> and we have 22 teams that uh where is it 22 teams that will be headed out there for a few games and a few what is it uh in the playoffs and so i think like the the whole season should be done no later than october uh, with championship and everything if pending if everything goes right i
1: mean things aren't really right in the u.s right now like if the, didn't just yesterday 50,000 people, you know, get confirmed to having COVID?
0: Yes. And so again, we travel different. Like we don't, uh, we fly private. Um, Everything that we do is like, like it's off the beaten path. And I think that's the one thing that gives me comfort, right? Like, it's not like we're all hopping on, you know, a commercial plane, um, which is nothing wrong with it. I just think that it makes it a lot scarier for these guys um, that, have, have actually socially distanced themselves and, and stayed basically either at home or at work. Um, and where we're going to in Disney, I think they shut that area down. Um, the, the, the places that we're going to end up staying. So again, a, a lot of the stuff will be happening outside of the bubble um, versus yeah. inside the bubble. And again, it's it's making sure uh, that we're responsible and and showing up for or, or showing up the way we need to show up. Right, doing the testing washing the hands, wearing the mask, wearing the gloves when we're supposed to wear the gloves, doing the things we need to do versus um, going out there and, and just saying, hey, whatever to the rules, we're in the bubble. Like, no, we can't do that.
1: Will the stadium be filled or are they not, is oh. there not going to be an audience?
0: No audience. I think it's going to yeah. be just old school, playing yeah. at a gym, you know, five on five, getting getting your teammates to hype you up and your, your coaches to hype you up, which
1: Well, you are the hype master. Here you go. (laughs) I
0: will bring all the juice. I can promise (laughs) you that.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, people have to follow you on Instagram. And obviously, I'll put all those details in the show notes because you definitely bring it. You bring it. Your energy is enormous. And I think you can make up for a stadium um, being at a number zero if you're there.
0: I appreciate that. Gas is, that's that's my main move. I'm the hype master. That is my my energy. (laughs) That's who I am. Again, let's go back to performance. That is a part of performance. And I want to just make sure everybody out there has the gas to get whatever it is that they need to get done in their life.
1: And it'll be a different world for them because they won't have that audience hyping them up and making them feel special or what they are doing is important. It will kind of take it back to like, we do this because we want to be here and obviously it's televised and all that kind of stuff. But I think it brings some things back to their purest level. And it reminds us about like the love of playing for the purpose of playing.
0: Yeah, no. And it's, so the, the fun part is right now you have to play because especially us, you know, we're right on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Right. And so, so Ah. we've got our, we've got our eight games that we, we now got to show up for, right? Like we've now got to turn it back on. Um, after taking what is it, three months off, um, we now have to be able to turn it back on and and make this push to the playoffs, and it'll be super cool um, with with the guys that we have, um, Dame, CJ, um, Nurk um, coming back, Zach coming back. Uh, you know, everybody on our team, Mello, all these different dudes that we have. I just I feel like we're in a great space. We're in, we're in a good position to to really get some stuff done, and so you'll see some passion. You know, especially for those teams that are you know fighting for you know that last that eighth seed, that seventh seed. Um, and trying to get into the playoffs, um, but you, you'll see a lot of passion, and I think it's needed. I think it's something that you know the, the world's missed. I, I talked to a guy at Whole Foods, and he he knows I work for the Blazers, and he's like, "Man, I I really miss sports." He goes, "I miss sports so much, dude. I'm watching NASCAR right now." <laughs> I was like, really? He's like, "Dude, I've never <laughs> I've never watched NASCAR before, but I just I need something to watch, and so." Again, uh, to be able to now you know be the remedy for some folks that just are true sports fans and want to see some basketball, it'll be really cool
1: oh, I mean sport plays such a role in people it's a part of the fabric of some a lot of people's weeks you know it's the thing they are excited for it's the thing that gets they talk about during the week it's the way they connect with other human beings I just can't wait to see you guys get back in and and playing and and see if you make the playoffs and also see what you've got coming up next because as we said at the beginning you've had a shift in direction this year uh, and you're you've made that shift because it didn't feel right to do that in the way that you wanted to do it and so you're obviously exploring that in different ways but you know that when you do choose to run across the united states i'm your girl i can't wait yeah i'm on the phone or i'll come out and help you in a leg i'll be passing you the water i'll be your hype girl
0: i need it come on (laughs) i need your gas i need that And and i thank you for for all the support honestly like Right when I reached out, I was like, I don't know if she's going to respond. She might be running, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and, you and, and I'm thankful that you did because, um, you know, you, uh, this guy, Mike Posner, that he walked across the States not too long ago. I've been in contact with him and he was super su- uh, supportive. And um, you guys have just given me so much information that I needed to, to, to have and hold on to um, about the run and understanding like what I was really setting out to do. Um, and so, uh, again, I appreciate um, all the energy that you've thrown this way, and all the energy that you uh, will continue to throw this way. So,
1: you're an incredible human. You're a fantastic leader, but you're also someone that just keeps present in the moment, and you just do the hard work, even if no one's watching. And I think that is some of the, some, that's some of the greatest lessons that people can learn from you. And Thank you. Uh, another person that you should check out, actually, um, Ricky Gates, ran across the US. I think it was like two years ago now, self-supported. And his film has come out on Solomon TV, I think, this week or, you know, and he's also got a book. But I think his journey would be really interesting. It's cool to see it through the lens of different people who have um, embarked on that journey. Um, But I know that you've got a lot going on. And let's stay in touch. And, you know, what's the best place if people want to kind of follow what you're doing and potentially even reach out?
0: Yeah. um, So Instagram, Ben Kenyon. Um, ben underscore Kenyon underscore, um, or at the Great Day Squad. That is my community. Um, I love the Great Day Squad. You know, we're out here pushing people from their comfort zone to the edge. Um, you know, my whole mission with that community is just to inspire the best performance in you, right? We want to make sure that you are gassed up and hyped up and motivated um, to get life done. Um, and and I like to focus um, in that area um, specifically on helping people elevate in their careers elevating their relationships and elevate in overall wellness. Um, And so if you follow um, both of those, you can probably find me um, more at Ben Kenyon. And then I've got a squad that helps me run the great day squad. And so sometimes I check in over there, but um, you know, you can, if you want to reach out, honestly, I'll I'll talk to you. I'll rap with you. And if you're a performance coach or a person that's in the space of performance, um, I'm always down to help um, and and point you in the right direction um, with whatever it is that you need. So, Again, Ben Kenyon and then Great Day Squad.
1: Be prepared to be flooded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 cool. I'm like, be cool. kind, give him space. If he doesn't respond straight away, he'll get back to you. <laughs> hey, and
0: if, if you hit somebody up in Great Day Squad, I promise you that they are super qualified and super gassed up to even respond to you. So like there's people on that, that account that are, are literally reaching out to folks you know every day that follow and and just we like to engage we like to connect with people that are paying attention to us so
1: you know i think um my new word is going to be like how gassed are you for this
0: let's go let's go
1: love it all right ben thank you for your time and let's just stay in touch
0: yes 100 percent
1: oh Ben is incredible. I hope you guys are feeling gassed up right now. Could truly have spoken to him all day long. And I feel incredibly grateful to have Ben in my orbit. And literally he is in all of your orbits right now. So don't hesitate to reach out. His Insta handle is ben underscore kenyan underscore don't forget if you enjoyed this episode um, feel free to leave a review rate and of course subscribe i look forward to touching base with you again with the next episode and uh yeah i just hope you are happy safe and well wherever you are keep connected keep talking see you later